the Legal Underground Podcast, episode 33. On today's show, John Roberts and the Supreme Court nomination process, a plug for a weblog called Blog Review, podcasting by law students, and an update on top legal weblogs. This is the Legal Underground Podcast, hosted by Evan Schaefer. It's the only show where you can hear about important legal stories that may or may not affect you. Yes, Evan really goes out on a limb, doesn't he? And now, here's Evan Schaefer. Welcome, podcasting early adopters. It's episode 33. Is it the episode you've been waiting for? Probably not, but I'm going to carry on anyway. I'm Evan Schaefer, a trial lawyer licensed in two states, Missouri and Illinois. I've got a law firm, Schaefer and Lemire, and I work primarily in the areas of mass tort and class action litigation. What's this podcast about? It's a sort of radio version of one of my weblogs, Evan Schaefer's Legal Underground. And what I do is I pick a few topics that interest me, and then I try to take them seriously. And I try hard, because podcasting is serious business. But I almost always fail. It's a character flaw I have. Everywhere I look, I see comedy especially in places where we're not supposed to see any comedy at all. In a room full of lawyers preparing to do battle at trial, for example, or in an auditorium full of law students learning about the mysteries of legal precedent, or even in the Oval Office. Imagine that, seeing comedy in the Oval Office. But I do. And that's what this podcast is all about. I try to throw in a little music now and then so you have a choice about what to listen to. Tune me out completely if you want. It's okay. Listen to the music. And you won't have to listen to it for long, since I try to keep my podcast short. 10, 12 minutes, 15 minutes tops. And finally, I like to start each episode with a little personal information or anecdote about what I've been doing lately as a lawyer. Last week I was in Toronto, attending the annual convention of the Association of Trial Lawyers of America, ATLA for short. It was a lot of work, with meetings every day and parties every night. I posted about some of the events on my weblog. Oh, and you you know, there was another podcaster there, a podcaster with a big, expensive podcasting setup. It was the Legal Broadcast Network, and they had an entire trailer the size of a mobile home covered with Legal Broadcast Network signs. This is for a podcast, mind you. The trailer was their mobile recording studio. I went by and knocked on the door, but apparently they were all at the bar or something, and no one answered. But I know they did a few shows from there, and I'll put a link to them in the show notes. For what it's worth, I have a mobile recording studio of my own, but mine fits in my pocket. It's called an Ederol R1, and it works pretty damn well. Although, admittedly, I haven't used it yet on this show, but I will. Back to Toronto for a few seconds. While I was there, I had dinner in Toronto's CN Tower which is supposedly the tallest building in the world. And this revolving restaurant that stands so high above Toronto's skyline that you feel like you're in an airplane. And I also drove with Andrea and two of the kids to Niagara Falls, which is about two hours south of Toronto. I'd never seen it before. Quite spectacular, as you'd expect, but there were way too many tourists, or other tourists, I should say. Go when it's cold. That's my advice. All right, so that concludes the travel portion of the show. Let's move on to the news. What's been happening with the nomination of John Roberts to the Supreme Court? 
It's looking like he's a shoo-in for confirmation, barring some shocking revelation about his past, which isn't likely. President Bush has said he wants a Senate confirmation vote before the Supreme Court begins its new term on October the 3rd. Late last week, the Senate Judiciary Committee announced that Roberts' confirmation hearings would begin on September the 6th. Most likely, the hearings will take about a week, with a committee vote anticipated by September the 15th. The only drama to date has been the request by Senate Democrats for documents dealing with 16 cases that Roberts was involved in while he was a Deputy Solicitor General in the early 1990s. That's when Roberts was working for the first President Bush. The White House has turned over 65,000 documents from Roberts' work in the Reagan administration, but said it would refuse to release papers from his time as Deputy Solicitor General. According to the White House, the rest of the documents that they aren't releasing are protected by the attorney-client privilege. The point about the attorney-client privilege is open to debate, and it's curious to me that the White House won't just turn over the documents and be done with it. You would think that the documents would be fairly innocuous, but maybe not. In coming weeks, look for speculation about this question. What is the White House hiding? And if the documents are turned over, will they provide any ammunition to those who are opposing the Roberts confirmation? Meanwhile, there's been plenty of chatter about John Roberts on law-related weblogs. If you didn't know it already, there are hundreds, thousands even, of law-related weblogs, each crying out for your attention. Let's leave Roberts behind for now and talk about these thousands of law-related weblogs for a moment. How can you keep track of them all? Assuming that's something you would want to do, and I'd understand perfectly if it's not. But if you do want to keep track of them, I have an answer for you. It's a weblog called Blog Review. Blog spelled B-L-A-W-G, which is a word for law-related weblog invented by Denise Howell of the Bag and Baggage weblog. I've told you about my weblog projects. I've got Legal Underground. I've got the Illinois Trial Practice weblog, which is a weblog that's more about trial practice than it is about Illinois. And I've also got Blogcast, which is a weblog about law-related podcasts I do with Kevin Heller. And I even have a weblog for clients of my law firm. But there's this other weblog I'm involved with, and it's Blog Review. It's another group effort. In this case, me, Kevin Heller again, Mike Cernovich of Crime and Federalism, and our own anonymous editor who does almost all the work. The other three of us are just contributing editors, and we help to promote the effort, but it's the editor, who I can't name, unfortunately, who's done the majority of the work, and all without credit. And we thank him. So, what is Blog Review? It's a weblog you'll find at www.blogreview.com, spelled B-L-A-W-G-R-E-V-I-E-W. I'll post a link to it in the show notes at Lingle Underground. And Blog Review collects weekly posts summarizing what's being written about each week in other law-related weblogs. Each week, the summary post is written by a different weblog author, and those posts are collected at the Blog Review website. I know it sounds confusing because it is confusing, but if you're smart enough to have figured out how to listen to a podcast, you're smart enough to figure out Blog Review. Should you take a look? If you've got any interest in the great many weblogs written by lawyers, law professors, and law students, then you certainly should. Blog Review will provide you with an easy way of seeing the sorts of topics that are covered on law-related weblogs each week. And you can participate, too, if you want, in at least three ways. A. 
You can submit links each week for inclusion in the next week's issue of Blog Review. B. You can write reviews of law-related weblogs for publication on the Blog Review website. And C. You can offer to host a weekly edition of Blog Review yourself. All of the details can be found at www.blogreview.com. Lawyers and law professors and law students all working together. Who would have thought? Speaking of law students, there's a new law student podcast to talk about. I've been hoping that some enterprising law student would start a regular podcast about law school. And Daryl Fallon, a 35-year-old software security specialist who will soon begin his first year at the University of Missouri, Kansas City School of Law, has started a podcast to chronicle his experience. It's called the Law School Podcast, and you can find all the details at Fallon's website, which I'll put a link to in my show notes. In the first installment of Fallon's new podcast, he's joined by his friend Chris, a longtime, quote, male secretary, close quote, at a law firm, who adds some color by asking Fallon questions about the upcoming semester. The two discuss Fallon's rejection from other law schools, law school rankings, and the possibility of sex in law school. Good luck. I must say it was an enjoyable first effort by Fallon and his co-host, and I hope it continues throughout the school year. In still other law student podcasting news, Todd of the weblog Ambivalent Imbroglio, who did a number of early interview-style podcasts, says on his weblog that he hasn't forgotten about podcasting and is thinking about starting up again. He says on his weblog, quote, Would you like to be a guest on the show? If so... Drop a line in the comments or send me an email. It's pretty painless. I call you, we talk, I add some music and edit out the parts where we both sound stupid, and then I post it online for all the world to hear. Close quote. That editing out parts where we both sound stupid, that's something I'm going to have to find out more about from Todd. Todd's especially interested in talking to people who have just learned they passed the bar exam. Todd, by the way, will also be involved in two upcoming issues of Blog Review. Todd's weblog... Blog Wisdom will be hosting Blog Review on September the 5th, and he'll also be hosting from Ambivalent Imbroglio on September the 26th. It's a little bit hard to say, Ambivalent Imbroglio. So, that's the update on Law Student Podcasting. And finally, today I have an update of another type. It's an update on top legal weblogs, something I talked about in episode 29 when I listed the top 20 legal weblogs as measured by the number of incoming links from other websites. That's something that you can find out about if you use the website Technorati. As I said then, however, I knew I was probably missing some weblogs, and it turns out I was. So now I've updated that original list with the weblogs that didn't get listed there in the first place, but should have been. The list now includes 31 top legal weblogs. I've added these other weblogs to the list. Legal Theory Blog, Stay of Execution, Lighter Reports, Jeremy's Weblog, Be Specific, JD2B.com, The Non-Billable Hour, Inner Alia, Buffalo Wings and Vodka, Suespante, Scotus Blog, Letters of Marquis, Three Years of Hell to Become the Devil, and Point of Law. My apologies to those that I forgot, and keep in mind that this list of top legal weblogs, which you can find on Legal Underground, still might not be complete. If you know of other top legal weblogs I've forgotten, please send me an email. And that's it for today. 
I'm going to end today a little bit differently by playing a song after I conclude called On a Podcast by the band Cruise Box. I heard about it on Adam Curry's Daily Source Code. It's pod safe, meaning that there aren't any copyright issues if I play it. And as I conclude the show today, remember that feedback is always welcome. You'll find my email address on my weblog, Evan Schaefer's Legal Underground, at legalunderground.com. Thanks for tuning in, and stay subscribed at the iTunes Music Store. This has been the Legal Underground Podcast. For more legal education, visit Evan Schaefer's Legal Underground at legalunderground.com. Do you remember way back last summer when mainstream radio was such a fucking bummer? No indie music, nothing too funny. Clear channel motherfuckers did it for the money, but somebody heard the call. Was like a freaking rotor router. Now we've got Wi-Fi, downloading files fast, listening to everyone who's ever done a podcast. It's history. Now-